This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. All right, y'all ready to get into the Word today? Well, good deal. Y'all, we are wrapping up our Forward in Faith series. This is our fifth week on this uh, series. And of course, we're talking about the Father of Faith. That's Abraham. Whenever you look in the New Testament, that's what the Word called him. And y'all, in this series, my desire has been that we really think differently, that we pull God out of the box, and that our faith has really been strengthened during this series. I pray that it's built your faith. Whenever we look at Genesis, uh, God told Abraham, he said, Abraham, you're going to be the father of not only a son, but actually of nations as well. Now, Abraham was up in years. Sarah, they were both way up in years, and they were thinking to themselves, how in the world is this possible, first of all, to have a child, but then to, to be the father, and if you will, the mother of nations. But that was the promise. Somebody say promise. promise. That was the promise of the Lord for them. And they had to walk in that promise. They had to move forward in faith if they wanted to see the promise come to fruition in their lives, right? And so whenever we look at Abraham, we see that, that he stepped out in faith to do what God called him to do. We see that he separated from Lot. He separated from the distraction, from the hindrance that prevented him from walking in the promise that God had for him. We see that he said amen to God's nature, to God's promise, and to his process as well. And he believed for the impossible. As a result, he was blessed. Not only did he have the son that the Lord told him that he was going to have. He ended up having, of course, a lot of grandchildren, which actually ended up becoming nations, exactly what the Lord had promised him. Wrapping up this series, y'all, today we're talking about the fact that moving forward in faith requires us taking possession. I need somebody to say taking possession this morning. It requires us taking possession. Y'all, God wants our story to look like Abraham's story. Very simply put, he had a promise for Abraham, and Abraham saw the fulfillment of it. He's got promises and blessings for your life, and he wants you to see the fulfillment of it as well. He wants the same thing to happen to us, and so he wants us to move forward in faith so that we receive all that he has for us. He wants us to take possession of what his plans are for our life. And so today we're not really going to focus on Abraham. We're going to look at his descendants because many years after Abraham died, there's all these descendants of Abraham and God brings them out of Egypt into the land of promise, to the land that he had promised them. And it's over a million people that we know left Egypt. And Moses tells the people what the Lord says in Deuteronomy 1.8. Moses says, see, I have given you this land. And of course, this is the, land, this is the Lord speaking. Go in and take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. Moses is saying, listen, God's promised you this. This promised land, it's yours. You just have to go take it. You've just got to get up and you've got to go take it. Now, in case you're not aware, Moses began to lead them out of Egypt. Moses never actually made it to the promised land. He dies in the process, and Joshua ultimately gets them into the promised land. But as they're coming into the promised land, what we see is, is that the children of Israel, God's people, they didn't take everything that the Lord had told them they could have. 
They possessed some of it, but not all of it, just a portion of it. And God promised all of this to them, but y'all, it was going to take some work, wasn't it? It's called walking by faith. And sometimes walking by faith is a little hard, isn't it? Sometimes walking by faith is a little uncomfortable, isn't it? And the Lord said, I've got all of this for you, but they only went in and they only possessed some of it. How many of you would like for all the promises of God to just be like completely served up to you and all the work done? That would be nice, right? But it kind of goes back to the first part of this series. We have to take the first step if we ever want to receive it. God's not going to shove us out. Nobody else can take the step for us. We have to do it ourselves. And so they only possess part of the land, and then they start murmuring. They start complaining, and they go to Joshua in chapter 16 and 17 of Joshua, and they go to him and they start complaining because they didn't drive the Canaanites out of the land. And what happened was is they started multiplying because all these people are having kids, but they didn't drive the existing people out of the land the way the Lord told them. And so now they're starting to get cramped. And so they go to Joshua, look at uh, Joshua 17, uh, starting in verse 14. The people of Joseph said to Joshua, why have you given us only one allotment and one portion for an inheritance? We are a numerous people and the Lord has blessed us abundantly. Well, at least they realized it was the Lord blessing them. But here's the thing, they had it wrong. They're asking Joshua, why is it you only gave us this little bit of spot right here? We're crowded. We don't have enough. They're acting as if the Lord didn't bless them with enough. They're acting as if it's Joshua's fault. And then in verse 15, Joshua says, listen, if you're so numerous, and if the hill country of Ephraim is too small for you, go up into the forest and clear land for yourselves there in the land of the Perizzites and the Rephites. The people of Joseph replied, the hill country is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites who live in the plain have chariots fitted with iron, both those in Bethshan and its settlements and those in the valley of Jezreel. So now they're starting to make excuses of why they can't possess the land that was what promised to them. So they're starting to say, but, but Joshua, I mean, these people, they have really impressive equipment. And how in the world could we battle them? But once again, the Lord said, I have given you this land. But it's going to take a little bit of a fight, isn't it? It's going to take a little bit of a fight. Verse 17, but Joshua said to the tribes of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, you are numerous and very powerful. I need somebody to hear me today. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of you, and every one of you are powerful. Every one of you are powerful. He said, you're numerous, you're very powerful. You will have not only one allotment, but the forested hill country as well. Clear it and its farthest limits will be yours. Its farthest limits will be yours. Though the Canaanites have chariots fitted with iron and though they are strong, you can drive them out. Why? Because the Lord had said it. The Lord had promised it. So it's basically a done deal if you will do your part. If you'll do your part. So clear all that you want. You've got God's favor, is what he was telling them. You don't have to worry about them. It's a done deal. 
Joshua was, was telling them, if you'll do your part, it's taken care of. You'll have all the property, all the land that you need to be able to just grow. Come on. Okay, so that's the end of chapter 17, basically. Now, if you go to verse 3 of chapter 18, then here's what Joshua says, because he has to have a come to Jesus meeting with him. So Joshua said to the Israelites, how long will you wait before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you? Didn't he just get done telling them, it's yours, but you're going to have to fight a little bit, y'all. You're going to have to walk in faith and trust God, but it's yours. And so he's now asked them, how long are you going to sit here? How long are you going to sit in your current situation? How long are you going to sit there and be cramped and uncomfortable? When are you going to get up and go take what's yours? When are you going to do it? Y'all, the promises of God for us include purpose. The promise of God for your life is for you to truly be happy. To walk in joy, to walk in peace. The promise for your life is provision. It's, it's to have good relationships. It's to have a healthy home. Come on, somebody. It's to have healthy bodies. But, but I need to ask somebody today, some of you are not walking in that. How long is it going to be before you begin to walk into what God's plan was for your life? Because nobody else can do it for you. Nobody else can do it for you. And I want you to know, there probably will be some resistance whenever you go to take possession of all the promises that God has for you. It's not going to be easy, Street. You're probably going to experience some resistance. It just happens, right? But what prevents us from possessing all that God has for us? Really quickly, we're going to fly through these. Uh, you know, the first thing is this is fear. How many of y'all have been known to be afraid of failure at times? Failure, the fear of failure keeps people from stepping forward on a regular basis. But I love Caleb. Whenever you look in the word, this dude was fearless. At 85 years old, the Lord said, I've given you that mountain. Caleb ran up the mountain and completely annihilated the people that lived up on the mountain. He said, God's given me this. And he walked in that. Amen. But, but fear a lot of time keeps us from possessing what the Lord's got for us. Then there's also comfort. We get comfortable in our situation. Even if we don't like the situation, we will stay in it because it's familiar and it's somewhat comfortable versus stepping out and taking a little bit of risk for the unknown. Sometimes we'll just get comfortable. Joshua, though, was asking him, how long will you wait, though, before you take possession? What about doubt? Even after seeing so many miracles... This group right here, I mean, they saw crazy awesome miracles. Even after seeing all these miracles, they still weren't sure if they would be able to have it as easy as the Lord said whenever they went to fight these people. They were walking in doubt. In Joshua 1.3, the Lord says this, I will give you every place that you set your foot. That was a promise straight from Yahweh himself to the people. But they still doubted. His promises, again, y'all, they're ours for the taking. They're ours for the taking. And if you think about it, in thinking about doubt, Genesis 3, 6, going back to Abraham, it says that God accounted Abraham's faith as righteousness. As righteousness. Do you believe? 
what the Lord has spoken over your life? Do you believe the promises of God for your life? And then here's the fourth one. This one's not real fun at all to talk about. Disobedience. Disobedience keeps us from receiving all the promises of God in our life. There are times whenever folks will come to us, and I've literally had people say, you know, I'm just ready to live my best life. Amen. But the way you're living it, does it line up anywhere close to this right here? Can we just be honest? How many of y'all have ever had conversations with your kids? Well, you're not doing what you're supposed to do, so why do you expect mom and dad to give this to you? Y'all know it's a system of, well, if you'll do this, then this is what you'll get right? We had a little situation with one of our kids this week, and anybody's kid ever tried to wear you down before? Yeah. Whew! And so the conversation, because this child kept asking and kept asking and kept asking, I just went on and said to said child, you will not wear me down. It's over with this conversation. Well, the next morning, said child hits his mother up. And actually says to the mother, I figured dad would finally change his mind at the last minute. That was the wrong thing to say, let me tell you. Because mother came back and told dad, and I dealt with child whenever child got back. But I think there are times whenever people will not be living according to the word and think that all of a sudden God's just going to change his mind and be like, you know, you haven't done anything of what I've told you to do in my word, but it's okay, I'm still going to give you everything else. It doesn't work that way. Can I just be honest with you? It, it doesn't work that way. If you're not treating your spouse the way Ephesians says you should treat your spouse, why do you think your marriage stinks? If you're not being faithful with everything that God's blessed you with, you didn't do it. He gave it to you. Why are your finances in the toilet? Read the word. It'll tell you why. But so many times we're not doing these things that we're supposed to be doing. And so we're not walking in the promises of God for our life. And y'all, it's on us. And in the words of Joshua, how long will you wait before you begin to take possession? You can play dumb all you want. You can make excuses all you want. But it's, your situation's not going to change until you change. And it can be fear, it can be comfort, it can be doubt, but y'all, disobedience will prevent the promises of God from coming into fruition in your life. But the truth is, God wants you to walk in all of them. God wants you to. I mean, God's blessed us. I got to tell you, he's so good. He's so good. And we feel, I mean, we've had this conversation like, God, you've, you've done more than we could ever have imagined. But we've had to say no to a lot of things. I mean, we're trying to look like Jesus every day a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more like Jesus. We're, we're kingdom focused. I mean, and we've just seen God bless us. This isn't a bragging thing. And by the way, you never have to apologize for the blessings of God in your life, just so you know. It's not a bragging thing. It's just showing how good he is. But whenever you're obedient, watch out because you're going to see him just showing out in your life. But we're talking about taking possession today, and, and there's some areas that we want to take possession of in our lives. And the first one is this, is we need to take possession of our freedom. We need to take possession of our freedom. Y'all, Jesus paid for our salvation, and praise the Lord, we have heaven coming, don't we? And, and man, I'm excited about that. 
but I want you to know how life is on this side of heaven has everything to do with the decisions that we make. Now, whenever we got saved, probably before we got saved, we had some not so great thoughts. We had some not so great habits, possibly. And just as soon as you got saved, you didn't become an angel. And all of a sudden you weren't like a little Jesus walking around now, were you? You probably still deal with a lot of the same struggles. It happens, right? We're in this sin-filled world. Uh, but I want you to know, um, God's given us the freedom that we can clear that land. Come on now, we can clear that land. We can walk in freedom. We can get past all of that stuff. We, we need to get rid of anger issues. We need to get rid of insecurity issues. We need to get rid of greed issues or lust or whatever it is. And once again, you have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you, so you don't even have to do this on your own. You've got God working with you, but you've got to want to get over this thing. You, you've got to want to change. I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and I can't remember it. Y'all, we had, um, in the early days of the church, we had a lady that would always have us praying for her husband who smoked. And, and of course, she'd call him out like right in front of everybody. Like, I want so-and-so to quit smoking. And finally, he just said one day, I don't want to quit smoking. I like it. You've got to want to change. You know? <clears throat> you you got to want to. But, but you can do it. Somebody say, I can do it. God says this to Cain after rejecting his offering. If you remember, Cain and Abel, two brothers, they take offerings to God. And what Cain took was not acceptable. And in Genesis 4, 7, the Lord says... Cain's sin is crouching at the door. It's eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. You need to take authority over it. You need to subdue it, Cain. In Galatians 5.1, Paul says, It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Come on, get past these things. Don't stay like you were before you came to the Lord. You need to look differently. It's that process of sanctification. Get the freedom that's available to you. Yo, God, he's our deliverer. So let's take possession of our freedom. Amen? Number two, let's take possession of our purpose. Many people are saved, of course. we got a room full of them, but, but maybe haven't done much to benefit the kingdom of God. But we need to let God do in us what he wants to do in us. We need to let God use us how he wants to use us. A lot of times whenever I talk about purpose, I think people sometimes feel like I'm saying you need to be a pastor or you need to be a missionary or you need to be a worship leader. No, no, no. As a matter of fact, whenever you look at those types of roles, I'm talking like, you know, pastors and like church staff type people and missionaries around the world and stuff. Y'all, that's like about 3% of Christians at the most. You know, you can walk in your purpose at your place of employment. For instance, if you happen to, I don't know, be in education, can you say mission field? If you happen to be in healthcare in any way, massive mission field. I was thinking yesterday, Todd and Misha are at their uh, grandbaby's Christmas thing this morning, but I was thinking about Misha. She's a hospice nurse, and she has the opportunity to minister to so many people in their final days. Can you, can you imagine I mean, just, just the mission field that she has. In addition to that, of course, they're serving in the local church. You can minister whatever you do for a living in your neighborhood. You can minister. Come on, somebody. 
And of course, we want to be plugged in into the local church as well to where we can all serve together. But whatever you do, you have a way to be able to minister. And whenever you're not walking in purpose, you're honestly not living. You're just in a place of existence. You get up, you eat, work, sleep, rinse and repeat. You know, it's just the same thing over and over and over and over again. Whenever we all have the opportunity to get up in the morning and be like, what life am I going to be part of changing today? Come on, somebody. Uh, what life am I going to be part of changing today? And don't you tell me you've not had any opportunities either. Because God puts them in front of us all the time. But I want you to know, though, whenever we all walk in our purpose, y'all, this area will be changed. And whatever God's asking you to do, and it's not going to be, like I said, probably getting on an airplane and going to the other side of the world and serving as a missionary. It's probably not going to be that. It's probably not going to be a senior pastor either. But whatever God's called you to do, y'all, he will enable you to do it. In the same way that he told the children of Israel, I've given you, you take a step and that property is going to be yours. He's telling you, if you'll do it, you just move forward and it's going to work out. He's going to enable you to be able to do it. So walk in your purpose. The third thing is, is we need to take possession of our world. In Matthew 28, there's this amazing commission. It's a great one. And the disciples are told, go into all the world. Somebody say all the world. And he says, you need to preach. You need to preach the gospel. You need to baptize them. Just so you know, this great commission wasn't just for those who were in the audience whenever Jesus spoke that. Nor was it just for ministry people. It was to everyone who would ever, ever know Jesus. For every one of us. We're to be the light of the world. We're to be the light of the world. Whenever people see us, they need to see somebody that looks different. Come on. So, listen, I, I need you to know this. If people at your office don't know that you're a Christian, something's wrong. Something is way wrong. They need to look at you and be like, yeah, yeah, that guy right there, he's somebody I can go to if I need prayer. They need to know that, that you're different, that, that you've got a relationship with the Lord. It should just be something that they should see whenever they see us. But a lot of times we think that we can't minister. A lot of times we think that we can't lead people to the Lord. We can't do this or we can't do that. First of all, you're qualified. <laughs> We're all here able to do it. And you have the opportunity to do this on a regular basis. I had the opportunity to pray to pray with a number of people this week who have no connection to this church whatsoever. A lot of times people, they will look for what they call divine appointments. Maybe they'll talk about a situation where they had a need and somebody was there at the right time and they'll say, it was a divine appointment. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Normally, whenever people talk about divine appointments, they're on the receiving end of it. How about creating divine appointments so that others can be on the receiving end of it and you can be on the giving end of it? Well, how, how can that be, Gene? It's very simple. It's very simple. So Monday morning, for instance, I, I ran into a lady who I know, and she was just talking about she had had some kind of 
infusion and got this and this and this autoimmune stuff going on in her body. I'm like, well, we need to just go ahead and just deal with this right now because the blood of Jesus was enough. And so I'm believing for a miracle in her life. And whenever that miracle does happen, because I didn't just throw that prayer up hoping it'll maybe happen because we spoke to that situation. And so whenever the miracle does happen in her life, she may think to herself, that was a divine appointment. But understand, I had the opportunity to say yes or no in praying for her. You have the opportunity to say yes or no whether or not you're going to pray for somebody who has a need who you're probably going to run into tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday or every day this week. We all have the opportunity, y'all, to make differences in people's lives. Come on, somebody. And it's just simply praying for somebody. Whenever they've got no hope, why don't you tell them about your source of hope? Right now, people are needing hope in their life. There's so much fear going on. There's so much depression going on, so much anxiety going on, wondering what's going on with the world. But we're all sitting here like, nope, we know who's in control, don't we? And we need to tell them about who's in control in our life and let them walk in the same peace that we're walking in as well. But y'all, I want you to know this. If we're going to take possession of the promises of God in our lives, we've got to get up. I need somebody to say get up. And we got to fight too. Somebody say fight. We got to get ready to fight. I want you to know God's going to fight for you in the same way that he did the children of Israel. Whenever you read the word, whenever God said, I've given you this land, they took it every time. God never let them down. I just had, I just had a thought. The battle of Ai, there was a loss there because there was disobedience there. We remember that with Achan. But what God promises you it's yours for the taking. Come on, somebody say it's mine for the taking. Stand with me today, if you will. I want you to know God's going to fight for you just like he did the children of Israel. As it relates to taking possession of our freedom, for whatever your struggle is, I want you to just think for a moment. What's the area that you feel like you've been struggling with that you need to get behind you? out of the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I need help in this area. Whatever it is, with His help, you can find freedom in that area. If you need some accountability, you come see me, you come see an elder. We want to see you get past that and to find freedom. Come on, somebody. Maybe you need to cut ties with some of the lots that we talked about in this series to be able to get that freedom in your life. As it relates to regarding possessing your purpose. I want to encourage somebody today. It means showing up. Being in church. Spending time with the Lord. Spending time in prayer. You'll never know what God wants to do with your life if you're not communicating with Him. You've got to spend time with Him. And whatever He's showing you that He has for you to do, don't wait start to move in that direction. Start to do something now to begin to make it begin to take place. I know a lot of folks here are really ready to be part of something big. 
you want to be part of changing somebody's life. But y'all, it's going to take you getting up and doing it. Come on, everybody, just close your eyes today. As it relates to obedience, if you're just thinking to yourself, you know, I, I just struggle, Gene. Maybe it's time to grab your spouse's hand and say, we gotta, we gotta make a change. We gotta go back to Matthew 6, 33. We gotta prioritize the kingdom of God and trust God. Trust the promise of God that he'll take care of us whenever we do this. Maybe with your marriage, it hasn't been too hot lately. We gotta go back to what the word of God says about how we love each other, how we respect each other. We gotta look at how we talk to each other. Maybe it's got to do, you're just struggling month to month. Father, what you've blessed us with God, we're going to be obedient and we're going to honor you, Lord, with your portion. He actually tells us this in the word. Test me in this. In the same way that he was telling the children of Israel, take every step and you're going to possess that land. He's telling you, listen, I'm telling you, you can't go wrong in doing this. It's a done deal. Maybe it's time to get faithful with your finances. Lord, today we just come to you. And Father, for any areas of disobedience, Lord, where we haven't been walking, God, according to the word, Father, we, we repent today. Lord, we know that we're called to be the light of the world. God, whenever people see us, Father, they need to see light. Lord, there should never, ever be any confusion whether or not we are or are not your children. Lord, we want to look like you. Father, we want to look like Jesus, just, just the way that Romans 8 talks about God. We, we were predestined, Father, to look like Jesus. And so, Lord, for those struggles that maybe we've dealt with, God, we ask for the help of the Holy Spirit right now, who lives inside of us, to help us get past these. And God, we want to step out, Father, we want to possess, Lord, that freedom, Father, our purpose, Lord, our world, Lord, we want to step out as Abraham did, God. We want to get rid of the hindrances. Lord, to be obedient to do what you say. Lord, we know your nature. God, we trust your processes. Father, today we believe for the impossible. Lord, today we say that we want to possess the land. Father, we want to possess everything that you have for us. Come on, if that's you today, get, just get your hands up and say, Father, I want to possess everything that you have for us, God. All the promises, Lord, for our life. Lord, the promises for my family. God, the promises for healing in my body. God, the promises for peace in my life. Lord, the promise, Lord, for joy in my life. God, the promise for protection, Lord. The promise for family, God. For whatever it is, Lord, we want all that you have for us today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you. And Lord, we declare that as we leave this place today, God, that we're going to go out. Lord, we talked about possessing our world, God, that we're going to go out truly and be that light. 
And God, I declare today that Father, this week we will create divine, life-changing appointments, Lord, for others who we come in contact with. Lord, there are going to be moments, Father, to where they're going to have just a revelation of how much you love them. God, and I declare right now, Father, for every prayer for sickness that's prayed this week, God, over others, Lord, right now, healing is going to come to all those bodies in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that the miraculous will flow out of the hands that are being laid on people, God, for whatever the needs are in Jesus' mighty name, God. And we say this week, God, the supernatural will just flow out of these doors into our community. In Jesus' mighty name, and if you agree, can somebody say amen today? Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.